Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome back to the Car Chat podcast. This week, we have... Mr. Ben Baton, or Benzine Ben, as you may have come across him. He is a freelance editor and a buddy of mine, and he currently works for Shmi150, editing videos and doing some stuff. But he also has done quite a lot of endurance racing in a bunch of different cars. Uh, so we have a bit of a chat about that, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone. I'm here with Mr. Ben Baton, or aka Benzine Ben, on, on Instagram. Yeah, hi guys. Uh, pleasure to be here, Sam. Yeah, um, so do you want to start by introducing yourself, maybe say a little bit about what you do? Sure. Well, we've known each other quite a long time. We went to the same school together. Yeah, very long time. And we kind of ended up in the same sort of worlds, because uh, a few of you may know me as the editor for Shmi150. Um, so uh, I do a lot of his video editing. Fly the drone for him as well, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> have you um, have you lost the drone yet? Not lost, uh, crashed it for yeah. sure. And the scariest almost loss was uh, it decided to completely disconnect in the middle of a forest and was just hovering about a foot from a tree, but also about two meters over a cliff edge so i couldn't reach out and grab it i'm just completely helpless waiting for it and praying for it to reconnect um they are tricky to use like i've had similar sorts of things or the dji ones seem to have this thing where they can't like calibrate themselves until they've taken off sometimes yes Mm. so you have to take off Mm. and then they decide (laughs) that they might need to relocate themselves yeah. through a concrete wall or someone's sports car. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> I feel like those things you always learn the hard way. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, the, the, if you don't know what you're doing, you're accident prone and everyone <laughs> just sort of learns through getting it wrong a few times. And hopefully not smashing too much stuff up. I think. Yeah. Were, I broke my um, 
had a Phantom 3 mm-hmm. and I flew that into a tree that mm-hmm. was like the classic I'm watching what I'm filming and, and I'm panning <laughs> and you just yeah. fly sideways although the new ones have got way more sensors for that but that was like a I think off eBay I've, I fixed it and it was like five pounds a part or something mm. but those ones were so, seemed to be designed to break in the right place yes whereas I think yeah. some of the some of the newer ones are not well, I crashed the first Mavic that we had into a tree doing pretty much the same thing, doing a reverse panning shot, yeah. and I'm sure there's nothing behind me. Um, down I go. Uh, and one of the arms actually sort of came loose from the body, but it managed to like slot in and almost clip back in, so oh, right. it, it did feel like it was designed to I come apart and go back together. I think they are, because people, people crash them, and like, I'm, I'm pretty good at flying drones. Mm. But I've crashed like a couple of times, a lot less recently. But yeah. you just when you're trying to get super arty panning, <laughs> you've got to do it for the shot, <laughs> and you've got to go like to get good shots. You've got to go in these slightly dodgy scenarios yeah. where you're like really close to trees. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into editing? Um, skiing, I would say that was, I think, the big moment when uh, I don't know if your viewers know, but. Yourself, Tim, uh, Shmi, and I did ski season together. Um, and we pretty much spent three months making ski videos, didn't we? <laughs> so got a lot of practice editing there. But before that, the initial spark, I would say, was from um, watching people's video game montages. Oh, on, right. On, in the early days of YouTube, people would put up their uh, Counter-Strike um, 1.6 montages. <laughs> Um, back in the day yeah and that used to blow me away like with with what people could do with the different video clips so i kind of got hooked on on learning uh from those yeah and that's that's quite i feel like a good way of learning because you don't actually have to really film anything yeah and you can just like churn out footage super easily Mm. and then try and put it together yeah because i i remember sitting in our little apartment in the alps and you'd brought your desktop. Yeah. We took too much stuff to this apartment. Like, I, yeah. like genuinely, I, n- not quite... I don't think anyone has fit more stuff in a clear since. No. It's, it's not probably possible. a Guinness World Record that we unknowingly have. But yeah, I remember sitting there on my laptop and then you'd show me how to not mess up stuff. Yeah. Try to do some editing. Well, you say that, but then a few years later, I remember you made one of... Shmi's original intros with oh, the video I... wall and the first time I saw that I was like I know that's difficult to do well done Sam <laughs> yeah well that was tricky that that was yeah. I remember at the time I, I didn't have I had a, a decent computer at the time but it was 1080 videos mm. and, it, and I think I had like 80 yeah all playing in live at once in a grid moving in 3D and yeah. I think what happened in the end every time I tried to sort of export it out it would crash like four seconds in <laughs> or like you know out of a three second clip mm. three frames in and I think I turned it into pictures at the end like did a okay. picture stream yes yeah smart Just, way to do and it and then that was it but yeah and then you you basically carried on yeah um, I had a small break where I attempted to have a real job for about a year and a half and that didn't work out very well <laughs> um, yeah just much prefer the creative stuff so yeah I'm, I'm extremely pleased that I'm doing video and involved with cars yeah and working with a lot of familiar faces yeah it's good it's good seeing people that you sort of know over time and mm. like trust yeah not to be more on. at least some degree <laughs> so you mainly 
in the UK editing stuff or is it yeah. you travel a bit film a bit or how does it work it's all over the place which keeps it exciting certainly for the big road trips that Shmi, Tim I'm just going to call him Tim from now on but Shmi is Tim if nobody knows <laughs> Uh, the big road trips that Tim does, uh, I'll go with him because just sharing the load of editing is a lot easier between two people when there's everything else to do as well. But then more recently, over the last couple of years, I've been more based at home and we've been making some videos for Mercedes and Audi and various right. other manufacturers. So I've been kind of taking the lead on editing those, which has a much longer uh, production period to it so I can take a bit of time with it and Tim's just flying off to <laughs> 10 different countries a day and, and more than capable of making his own yeah videos. I've noticed a, a bit of a step up on some of the editing since I've, I've known you come on board every now when and you're again allowed. yeah when I'm allowed yeah <laughs> Yeah, whenever Tim's like, oh, I'm going to film this McLaren that's embargoed for a month. I'm like, can I come? Can I please come? Like, that's that's the ones I want to go on. Is there some stuff that you've seen that you're not allowed to t- tell anyone about? Mm-hmm. That you're... I don't know where this question's going. But, yeah. for example, like, is there something mental that you've seen or just personally interested in that you're like, oh, it's coming at some point in time? I mean, when I knew he had the Senna coming, but he hadn't told anyone, like, that was months and months and months, and people were like, oh, I've seen the Senna reveal, I don't like (laughs) it, and I'd been to see it in person, and knew Tim was getting one, I was like, opinions are going to change, people are going to like this car, and it's going to be absolutely mad, so that was a big one, for sure. It's definitely mad. Mm. Yeah, not, not everyone likes it at the moment, but something I said to Tim the other day is, I think... There's almost a trinity of 720S, Senna, and Speedtail, in which when they're revealed, people don't really like them. But six to 12 months later, opinions start to change. Yeah. I feel like people love the 720S now. It's When it first came out, people... You still don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think a lot of people... I agree. Opinion. I think it looks much better now. Now that I'm becoming accustomed to the mm-hmm. shape, like the, the new McLaren shape. Yeah. I'm becoming more accustomed yeah. and therefore over time and you just start to appreciate things like well good and the bad like the performance and the fact that they are just really quite great yeah the downsides of the, the they go wrong all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah. Um, but it, just in terms of aesthetic yeah that and the Senna had the same people hated it and now I think just about people are starting to change and the speed tail was a little bit divided as well and I feel like that's going to be a complete future yeah, classic. Yeah, because I, with the, another one of those ones, the Ford GT, mm-hmm. uh, looks insane. Yeah. It's the most insane looking thing. And you're a bit of a, a V8 Ford yeah. man, and it, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't quite tick that box. No. But I, so I've always thought it's going to be a bit meh, because it doesn't have the right engine in mm. it. And then you start hearing what it's like from people that have got them. Mm-hmm. Uh, an example, Power Slide Lover. Do you yeah. follow him? Yeah, yeah. He's, you just see like him honing his everywhere, and he seems to like it. He's mm-hmm. like, on the road, it feels really fast and yeah. a lot of fun. You're like, okay, well, that that's where it actually matters. And yeah. For example, the centre, mm. if you've got some big balls, <laughs> it's probably insane on the road. Yeah. Whereas, I almost feel like it's wasted on the track. Like, hmm, okay. I, I see your point. Like, it's on the track, 
it's a very all these sort of crazy track cars yeah, yeah. you're not going to buy them and take them on the track if you don't have a lot a lot, a lot of money so therefore yeah. maybe the value side of it goes out the window but you could just if you're in that sort of price bracket of running a car like that on track mm. I don't really see why you wouldn't just have someone take something actually legit yeah yeah, you would you would be quite sour, wouldn't you, if you dropped you know a load of money on a center and then someone just comes past you in, in the like, <laughs> radical, <"Actual>, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> this very nice view out of that gorilla glass yeah, side yeah. center door as the radical <laughs> overtakes you. Um, I, know, I reckon there there's some of the tech and stuff in that car. It's gonna uh, it's gonna be a bit of a weapon, isn't it? Yeah, it's gonna be bonkers, I'm sure. So you spend your time editing stuff. Yeah, traveling around, hanging out. Yeah, and you've just bought a new car. Have yes, which is is parked outside my house right now. We went for a little bumble around, took yeah. some pictures. Yeah, what, what what was it? What is it? Uh, it's a new model Ford Mustang, uh, five liter V eight manual. Um, that was always the first question. <laughs> oh, I've got a new Mustang. Is it manual? Is it the V eight? Yes, yes. Did it have to be those? It had to, like. Yeah, I I understand why people might not choose that, but in my eyes, it's, it's got to be that. Like, it has to be, right? I um, I remember going to the states. It was it was on Gumball with Tim, and we rented a Mustang, and it was like the V six, mm-hmm. and drove it for. Yeah, it was a really cheap rental yeah. actually, but you're just like, wait, 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 hang on a minute. <laughs> I mean, the price difference to buy is only like five grand ish. Yeah. Why just like just yeah. get the, just get the VA. <laughs> So, how are you finding it so far? Love it so far. Can't wait till it's run in. It's about two hundred and fifty miles out of, out of the thousand so far. So, once it's run in, I'm really going to start enjoying it and playing with all the line lock and all of that <laughs> burnout mode, all that good stuff. I think that's what Mustangs need to do. Yeah, definitely. and hopefully. You won't also fulfil the other, the other yeah. Mustang stereotype. The Mustang destiny. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's almost a good thing. Like, if I'm ever at a junction leaving a crowded spot, you're, you're, every driver has that urge. Yeah. But knowing the memes kind of calms <laughs> me down a bit. It's like, don't be that guy. You know? Yeah. Like, um, the, as cool as it looks just silkily like peeling out yeah. leaving some rubber the opposites are so <laughs> yes I think even if you pull it off perfectly still half the people in the crowd are going twat yeah exactly like you, it's a lose-lose it's a lose-lose it's just and I think as you get older and I think more importantly see more stuff go yeah. wrong you just dial it back yeah. a bit and it, I've always found it like car meets or whatever when people say like oh right rev it rev it like well one yeah like a little bit maybe but I'm not going to sit there and just redline my car whilst it's not moving and then also I don't want to kill anyone (laughs) and break my car yeah Um, what made you choose the the Mustang over many other cars there are a lot of other options some would argue better (laughs) value for money better performance options and I can't disagree with that but I have a big love for Mustangs. I think since childhood they've been one of my favourite cars, just aesthetically, um, and the character of it. It's such a iconic statement of a car, almost. Um, I think if I was to have a, an American car, mm. uh, it would, it would, it, I think it would be a Mustang. Yeah, um, 
So yeah, absolutely love it. And I also kind of had a partner to go with it already uh, in the form of a 1967 uh, Fastback Mustang, which um, I've had for nine years now, I think. Yeah. I remember you getting that. And yeah. at the time, I, I don't think you even had a, dri- I had a driving license. Okay. And I was just like, this is... What is going on? Like, this is so unbelievably cool. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> versus whatever other cars people were getting. Well, you have a 40 now, so the, well, the I know. flavors return. Times have changed. <laughs> <laughs> the shoe's on the other foot. Uh, which is, for, for the record, is probably, like, equal first or just second in my, like, perfect car. <laughs> uh, I, ideal world. So yeah, always loved the Mustang and had had the classic one for uh, a few years now. Um, don't daily drive it because yeah. it's completely impractical. Um, Is it like fairly reliable and okay or no? <laughs> no, I mean maybe if I managed it constantly, but yeah. I I don't. It's the sort of thing that lives in a, a garage and then every couple of months I'll take it out when it's nice yeah. sort of thing. But it's always like, yep, it's got no electricity in it. You know, I've got to <laughs> got to jump start it or charge the battery. You know, it's it's that sort of thing. Like you can't just oh, I feel like going out in the Mustang. It's got yeah. to be like tomorrow. I'm going to go out in the Mustang <laughs> and I'm going to prepare today. And, yeah, do um, all have a little look over it yeah. and stuff like that. And then whilst you have this old mm. street Mustang, yeah, you also have a. A racing Mustang. I do, which is a 1965 coupe um, that when it came into my hands um, at the time it was racing in American racing mm. uh, over in the States. Uh, it was a sort of baby blue colour at that time and it's now orange with two black stripes down the middle. Yeah, it looks very good. Um, and yeah, I, I love that car. It's such a fun car to race. I remember when we got it it was a complete handful. Um, it took us probably two years of, of experimentation to get the setup right. It what was, what sort of things did you change like versus how it came and stuff like that? Or everything: uh, springs, camber, tow in, um, dampers, ride heights. We we messed around with with about every variable that you can mm. legally adjust within <laughs> the rules. In the series that you race it, mm. what what are you allowed to do? And it it varies a, a bit. I mean, there's for for that Mustang, it's raced in a few different series. Um, it races in the Masters series, which does a lot of different classic racing, um, where it's fairly strict. Uh, then there's the official FIA stuff, which is really strict, and then there's the more sort of fun classic events that are often put on as support races. Yeah. Um, which are almost bring what you've got, uh, which are really fun. So yeah, it it varies a lot, and rules have changed over the years. So I'm, I I couldn't tell you exactly what they were at different times, um, but now it's very manageable to drive. Like you get a very good feedback from the car and can balance it on the throttle and and the wheel. Loves to go sideways. Yeah. Um, there's some very good video clips of Ben driving <laughs> in the wet and the dry all yeah, over the place just with a lot of lock on yeah <laughs> there's there's one in particular at Donington going into Old Hill Corner and I managed to go around two back markers on the outside whilst fully sideways <laughs> halfway off the track that was one of my favourites <laughs> um. 
How you so you're you're now pretty pretty handy at racing. Uh, yeah, pretty handy. I've got a lot of experience, but um, not too much in the last couple of years. Um, just been too busy to really commit to stuff, yeah, yeah. which I'm massively missing. Like every time I do a track day, I'm like, oh, what have I been doing? You know, what <laughs> what have I been missing out on? Uh, but speaking of, you did, if I'm correct if I'm wrong, but you did a 24 hour race at Spa recently. I did, which I've done about ten of. Yes. Um, <laughs> So yeah, how was the first one? I was sick. It was in a yeah Citroen C1. Yeah, like our cars were very well prepped. I don't mm-hmm. know versus others. Like it was just, it was so much fun. There was three classes of car. Mm-hmm. So us, we were well. There was technically four, but so the bottom were two CVs. Yeah, like genuine two CVs. Doing like what? Four minutes a lap. Four minutes thirty. <laughs> It's <laughs> like a mobile chicane in terms of lap time. And then we, so we're in the, in the the British C ones, which they then had some Belgian C ones, which were modified a bit, uh, a okay. bit more. So they had alloy rims, um, which you're like, that doesn't really make much difference, mm. until you find out that the normal steel rims, if you hit curbs, bend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then they had an exhaust and like a, a little spoiler, <laughs> like a lip okay. spoiler. And then maybe like a remap or something. So they were a bit faster than us. And then we had these sort of like prototype 2CV things. I can't remember what they're called. They, they've got a really weird name. But um, they're like someone's taken a 2CV and then just gone to town <laughs> on it. And and they were faster than us on the straights, but in the corners, like not so much because they just had still had quite okay. tiny tyres. So I think a, a very, the fastest of our lot was a 3 36 or three okay. something like that mm-hmm. um the fastest of the the next the belgian c ones was like a 33 or 32 or something like that so like enough faster and then the i think another 10 15 seconds a lap would be the the two cvs okay. so you had your, it was like <laughs> an own mini like le mans yeah you've got the prototypes yeah, yeah, coming yeah. past but everything happens slow yes <laughs> you got a lot of time to think about what's going yeah. on and mm. I think it was it was a really useful experience driving something super slow versus what I've previously raced yeah. like radicals which is just way way faster so everything happens yeah. so fast so you don't actually necessarily realise where you're losing all the speed mm. because it's you're not losing that much time yeah. but every corner whereas you get it wrong going onto yeah. a straight. You really know <laughs> when you're side by side with someone and he gets a slightly better corner than you, and then he's like ten meters ahead of you at the end of the street. You're like, well, you know, that's one mile an hour apex speed yeah. difference makes a big difference. Yeah, it's insane. I I loved Spa. Yeah, we had a bit of rain, obviously. Yeah, um, <laughs> a bit of night driving. Yeah, what night stints uh, did so you? So I had, I would say the almost like the perfect stint so I had the the second stint which was like 7 till 9 okay uh, so that was sunset mm-hmm. and then I had the morning one I was meant to be at 6am mm-hmm. but I got in the car at like 7.30 or 8 okay so I kind of had the the sun had just about come up mm. but it then sort of dried up so I had that sort of morning bit which was just dreamy yeah, um, yeah, yeah but I didn't have any I had a bit of wet a little bit of wet but not really any wet which kind of I wanted to experience okay um, but at the same time it was my first time driving yeah. at night yeah which I really enjoyed yeah and because there's so many cars like when you've raced the fun cup and stuff there yeah the first year I did it it was 150 cars on the grid yeah 
I think I think we were similar. 146 yeah. or something. It's mad, isn't it? It's just ludicrous. <laughs> you watch them go by the start line at the beginning, and they're still going yeah. by two minutes later. Yeah, absolutely mental. But yeah, it was sick. It was so so much fun, and mm. I was reasonably quick, but not like crazy crazy fast. But some people were so slow. <laughs> like I don't even. You go past people, and you're like, I'm in a C1. Yeah. Like this is not going that far but you like go past some people like they're standing still mm. um, now whether it's their car or whatever yeah you never know in those sorts of things you never know but people react differently some people even quick drivers just get completely spooked by the night and mm. can't handle it at all um, I think I found dealing with the traffic was quite fun I, yeah. I, I quite enjoyed that Yeah. and then also someone had told me before I'd never been in the C1 before this race and someone had said, oh, by the way, everyone like flashes and honks horns at each other to try and intimidate each other. Okay. So I was like, well, okay. Like, yeah. I can, I've, I've acknowledged that now. Yeah. And I'm now going to disregard any <laughs> flashing and honking. Okay. So you get in some tussles with some people and like possibly not the best idea, but I got in a couple of tussles with a car. It had a Red Bull stuff all over it. So if you're out there, <laughs> hello, yeah. um, of one of the Belgian C ones who just couldn't get past but I wasn't like blocking him okay I just wasn't letting I wasn't yeah. lifting off because yeah. like I don't want to lift off no like that's a race it's a race <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he got so angry he bumped me yeah and you're like sorry mate this yeah. is like I'm getting quite a lot of satisfaction <laughs> out of the fact that I'm faster than you <laughs> yeah now you do encounter some uh, questionable tactics in those races one of the first years I did it at night, I got bumped behind me um, from a guy with no headlights on. So I'm going down the Kevil Strait and looking in my rear view, and there's like lights way back. It's like, oh, I've got, you know, I don't have to defend yeah. into uh, Lacombe, and then I was up the back. <laughs> what the hell was that? You just see like a glow as he sort of sneaks up the inside of me. Oh, cheers, mate. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah. I had that in the radicals, in the, it was like properly, properly, properly wet, and some people didn't have their lights on. And like, I mean, you can't see it mad. anyway, but yeah. like, yeah. And they you know, they get like a point fuck all yeah. penalty. Five seconds <laughs> stop and go whilst yeah. you're in the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you had some you must have had some hairy moments. Yeah. Oh yeah. Some too hairy. Um Have you properly have you had some big crashes or anything? I've definitely had some big crashes. None thankfully where I was uh too badly injured. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely been a few a few moments. There's a few that flashed in mind. One, Alton Park in the wet, absolutely soaking it down, qualifying uh, in the Fun Cup. And I'm just going in to start my qualifying lap, really. So I'm full speed along the straight, ready to break into the first corner. And as I get on the brakes, there's a guy on the racing line who appears from the mist in front of me who's going like 20% speed. So I have to dive off dive off the brakes but then quickly back on the brakes whilst I try and get around him and basically end up on the grass and then you know in the wet you're a one way passenger yeah, yeah. the wall there so that was quite a quick crash um, and straight into a wall which wasn't very pleasant did they still did they have the tyres and stuff there yeah yeah yeah. But, I mean you, don't, you never want to hit anything no <laughs> more the the damage to the car was yeah. pretty severe because there's not a lot of runoff in that direction I guess they expect you to sort of try and make the corner at least and then maybe crash off yeah. in the exit, not 
on the way in you just go straight in. yeah it's only like 15 20 meters or something yeah and then a couple which really emotionally hurt uh doing the 24-hour brick car race at silverstone it's in a marcos mantis gt just about 600 horsepower uh gt3 car and we're doing really well um coming through the old along the old pit straight through the first corner um, and we're using the old pit lane at that time. So, car in front of me in Nissan 350Z or 370Z, I can't remember at the time which one it would have been, but he goes off through the first corner, super wide, off into the boonies, and then as he comes back and joins the track, he comes all the way across the track to the right-hand side, where I've positioned on the right-hand side, not only because it's the racing line, but I've given him as much room to come back onto yeah. the track as possible, and he just came straight across and sideswiped me onto the grass. And you're doing like 120 miles an hour or something at that point, yeah. like heading towards Maggots and Beckett's. So that one didn't end very well either. That was really emotionally painful. So that, and at that point in time, you're so like, you're like, I gave you the space. Yeah, you're, you're like, what more could I have done apart from like slam on the brakes and wait for you to go yeah. ahead? Oh. Did, he, uh, did he come and say sorry? No, I don't think so. I don't think he knew what he'd done until after it happened. I don't yeah. think he saw me at all. I think that's quite... That happens worryingly yeah, yeah, yeah. quite a lot. I've found on definitely... I don't do very many track days anymore. But like you just... You, even just like out on track, just... you could, There's some... You can tell. Yeah. You can tell. Like just... I don't know yeah. what it... Like specifically if you had to say what is that car doing that's not right mm. I mean quite often they're on the wrong side of the track or something yeah. but like you can just tell they have not seen you yeah you really can like once you've done enough track driving and racing you start to pick up things about you come up behind the car and within a few seconds you sort of know what to expect you know whether you're going to have a fight whether he's going to let you pass whether he could do something completely unpredictable <laughs> you get a bit of a sense and that I think really helps in trying to fight through traffic in endurance races like that yeah at least I think I went in I can't remember who someone said it was basically just like make sure you finish yeah oh yeah yeah like you know like if it's 50-50 you've got yeah. the rest of the race Forget don't worry it. about yeah. it like. it's so true it's really hard to listen to that in the moment but yeah it's the best advice you can have I mean in in those spa endurance races one of the years we won our class we broke down on track with an electrical failure and still managed to get towed back and and you know yeah. didn't lose too much time from it and still won our class because you know people have problems in 24 hours and you just have to minimize it and not yeah. make any more like we um we did okay like, i think we came seventh in the end out of 45 or something which i was pretty happy yeah with. Chuffed. um and the guys, the other car in our garage had a bunch of young drivers who were really fast. Yeah. Um, but they completely destroyed the car in the first two hours? Uh, they didn't, actually. Okay. They, but they they had, they ran out of fuel yeah. at night, not in a good place, <laughs> and had to get towed like the whole way around the track. Yeah. So they lost quite a, a lot of time for that just before the end. So they, I think maybe they had an off or something as well. But they they were wait they were in first place for mm. a long time. Then I went to go to sleep, came back, and they were like seventeenth or something. So something had happened, yeah. and they caught up with us. We were sort of fifth, sixth, seventh, that sort of consistently. Mm. They caught up with us, overtook us, 
and then um, like five laps before the end one of the drivers it was I think it was it wasn't one of the really young guys but it was one of the other drivers on the team um, like hit someone or hit something and the bonnet went like like oh, straight up no. like a major shunt and you know, I, don't, I don't know he got back to the pits and I have absolutely no idea how he got back to the pits like sheer force of will <laughs> but and they end up finishing behind us and you just think yeah. like ah oh, like that was unfortunate but I've seen it before which is why I thought they might have destroyed the car where like really fast touring car drivers and and, you know Mm. talented drivers will come into like a 24 hour endurance race and they will get every last drop out of the car in their opening stint but it's just shagged for the rest (laughs) of the race like you've warped the brake discs like you don't need to push every last drop out of it well that was it because I think with the C1s it was quite good in the sense that they were operating pretty well within their limits Mm. they're very low limits but like our cars were very like they weren't smashing the brakes too much they weren't like you're not blowing the engine up it's never yeah. it was never getting hot like yeah. that was never going to happen and all that sort of stuff so you could drive relatively flat out mm. but at the same time there's that thing of like how good are you at driving flat out yeah perfectly yeah because if you can't drive perfectly yeah one you mistake know, is, yeah. is bad if you're you're bouncing your car over the curbs every single yeah. corner for you know 350 laps probably in, in that sort of time it's not going to do it the world of you you can go almost as quick and just not take the risk of your suspension shattering yeah but, and that's yeah. something I'd never thought about yeah like, it's really hard to get yourself to do it because especially when you're younger and you're getting into these things like, I want to go fast I want to be yeah. the fastest it's not always about that unfortunately yeah or you might go someone goes and sets like a really fast two, two really really fastest <laughs> lap of the race and then the next four are like 10 seconds off because yeah. something's gone wrong and you're like well <clears throat> no it's it's interesting um, what's your favourite car that you've raced Do your favourite car you've raced um, yes so that would be it's a Sunbeam Tiger which is a classic car from 70s um, it was the first race car my dad ever owned mm. um, and it's absolutely bonkers it's got 600 horsepower engine in it but it's it's tiny it's like <laughs> not hot hatch sized but you know getting there um, and that car's just a complete beast to drive um, I've done a 244 round spa with it which is what Tim did in his LT so it's pretty quick yeah (laughs) and yeah it's just it's a great sort of sentimental heirloom almost Mm. in our family because like that was the first car my dad ever raced and um grew up watching him race it so the few times i've i've driven it i've really enjoyed that did you get uh sort of chucked into karting or anything like that no i didn't no the karting stuff all kind of eluded me and it's been really interesting the times i've been karting with uh, other people I, I've raced with and against, particularly the people who have done karting. Mm-hmm. And on track, we can be quite evenly matched in a certain car, and then in karting, they'll just <laughs> they'll take chunks out of me, like with these little tricks, um, which I've tried to pick up on over the years. But yeah, it's uh, it is interesting. I, I've done, I mean, not that much racing, but like no karting mm-hmm. until 
recently or in the last couple of years and the first time I went I went with Joe Joe Achilles yeah, and yeah. he's like everyone's like oh no like carting power to weight whatever yeah. Joe's, like, goes. Joe's like 30 <laughs> kilos heavier than me or yeah. something and left me for dead yeah. on a carting track and ever since then that has held true to my whenever someone complains that they're overweight one like if you're really heavy and you're in a race car like that's your fault that's not yeah. my fault yeah. but also are you driving completely to the limit? Like, if your car weighs a ton, 20 kilos, that doesn't make that much difference. Mm, true, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had pretty much uh, a very similar experience. First time I met Joe was at, um, I presume, the same place you went. Sandown? That's I think it, it, yeah. Yeah, I think he's been there like a million times. Yeah. Yeah, he's got track knowledge, that's for sure. So, yeah, had had the same thing. He just completely drove away from me and slowly through the day my lap times were getting better as I figured out what you could do with the cart but yeah he was he's a he's a very quick peddler Joe is it's, 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 it's interesting that one like I've tried to work out like what's the best way of getting faster sort of over time mm. and I'm sure if I went anyone you meet that's young that's very 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 fast has done a ton of karting like, yeah true um, and then obviously it's adapting to driving the car or whatever but mm. if you fundamentally know how to go fast now I don't know whether I could go karting like well, against a bunch of eight year olds and it, start again and, but like it, it is every time I go I have a whale of a time yeah yeah yeah. but I don't know whether I could get myself a cart and then really give it a go really give it a go yeah just in it because I have no interest in racing carts yeah true yeah like it's fun and mm. it's fun when we go with your mates and whatever yeah and yeah, you definitely the skills transfer like yeah I definitely after doing a long karting session you're like right I've now used more track when I'm on track okay sort of yeah yeah but yeah it's it's an interesting one it's definitely a good way of good way of getting going for anyone like, oh for sure yeah I mean the, without doing karting the way I sort of learned was doing a lot of track days in a Peugeot 307 diesel with a guy called Nigel who's an extremely brilliant instructor uh, Nigel Greensall if anyone's interested yeah. look him up 100% recommend him so yeah and it was as you described with, with the C1 everything happens so slowly that you can be going through a corner screwing it up and have a conversation about what you've done wrong yeah. and what you need to do to fix it it's the best way to learn you know you jump in something really powerful you screw up the apex it doesn't matter you're on the throttle and you're, you're down to the next corner and you never know how much time you left on yeah. the, on the you road. don't see people driving away from you mm. after a minor yeah. what might feel at the time like a minor thing yeah I think everyone just wants to do more racing don't they really <laughs> it's the dream <laughs> I've noticed recently you have uh, started another little thing yes a uh, a comic. You say recently, yeah. That threw me off. It's I, been I a, guess it's been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming, yeah. Announced recently, yes. Yeah. So, gotta be three years, maybe plus. I bumped into, who's now a very good friend of mine, a guy called Jalal. Uh, we met at a house party. And he's a comic book artist and, and always has been. Um, works a day job. But always dreamed of, of uh, doing comics and having a comic book house and that sort of thing. And he showed me some of his his art that he had with him or, or on his phone at the time, I think. Uh, and I really, really liked it. I've always been interested in that sort of thing. Grew up watching cartoons, as I'm sure we all did. Um, and, yeah, I think at the time I was 
was just about to go away for for a month or so. So I said, send me, you know, two or three uh, images, and I'll take my laptop, and you know, whilst I'm away, I'll have a go on Photoshop and and do the colouring because he was looking for a colourist. Um, he's not the most computer savvy in the world so right. doing the colouring side of things it had always been tricky for him so yeah he really liked what I what I did and we set about in our spare time basically Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Creating this comic book, uh, which is now, as you say, finally... Arrived. So, uh, what's it called? Um, where called, can people find it? It's called The Grok, which is G R O K K. You can find it on thegrok.com if you search uh, Google that. Uh, and it's currently in a couple of bookstores in, in the UK, uh, coming to more hopefully. Um, so, it's in Orbital Comics in Leicester Square at the moment. Uh, we've just been speaking to Foils Bookstore, and they're very happy to take it. So it'll be in there shortly, which is which is pretty awesome. We're really happy with that. Um, and yeah, just building onwards and upwards from there, really. How do you go about making a comic? Like, is that, <laughs> so is it the two of you now? Yeah, there, there have been numerous other people involved. There was times when stuff needed to be done and I was away working with Tim for, for weeks and weeks and weeks so a few other people did help him get involved the long and short of it is Jalal starts by penciling out his, his drawings uh, when he's happy with them he inks over them we then either scan or photograph the pages from then I take it into Photoshop clean up the image uh, make it like a pure black and white line art uh, and then go in and build up all the layers of colour and detail behind it and then repeat that for every single page. Uh, there's 140 pages in the book, so a few of those. Uh, and then we go through and do all the, the text and dialogue, which we probably did four maybe passes at with, with you know showing a bunch of people for feedback and, and that sort of thing. So it's been very much an, an iterative process. So it's got 100 pages. 140 pages total. I think 120 are the main story, and then there's 20 more that are like... Um, character profiles yeah. and posters and that sort of stuff so this is this is like a book yeah it's a good it's a good solid thick uh, it's like a coffee table book nice that's uh, quite cool yeah it's really uh, nice. I should have brought one over I didn't, didn't think about uh, it so, uh, well, I have to you have to show me it another yeah. time well, when we see each other again in yeah the, well whenever that's going to be <laughs> <laughs> so what is it, and is that like that's like a, a complete almost like season it's a full, sort of story it's, yeah it's a full story there is I wouldn't say it's a cliffhanger because the story gets concluded, but there is a 
teaser mm. for, for future content. And Jalal's mind is certainly full. He's got 30 different stories and yeah. intertwining universes sort of going on <laughs> back there. So, yeah, I'd love to eventually be able to bring out book two. We need to have a bit of a think about how we're going to do that because doing it over another three-year cycle or yeah. whatever seems like a bad idea. So there's a lot we've learned and we can streamline the process, hopefully. And, um, yeah, book two, hopefully soon. Have you yeah. done a um, a speed drawing, colouring in <laughs> time video, lapse yeah. Instagram yeah, video? Yeah. No, I haven't. No, <laughs> the closest I'd say I, for we did a few commission pieces for people who wanted. One guy had him and his wife in like an X Men combat pose, and we did all these different ones for mm. people, <laughs> which definitely slowed down the three year cycle. <laughs> but you need money at times. So yeah, we did one of those. Oh, I forgot where I was going with that now. No, it's gone. <laughs> Sorry. Onwards. Other than we've got some random stuff because it is the LA Auto Show. Yes, it is. So there's some sort of car related news in the news. Now, have just generally before I bring this up, have you driven a lot of cars now? Ish. I have now compared to like three years ago, for sure. But when you're working with Tim saying I drive a lot of cars, <laughs> loses meaning. Yeah. Yeah, because that's a bit how I feel. Like I, yeah. I have driven a lot more cars now, massively accelerated yeah. versus whatever. A yeah. couple, couple of even a couple of years ago. But then you talk to someone who literally is driving a new car every day. Mm. You know, like, okay, well, yeah, I don't can't quite put them into context <laughs> quite the same. But I do know a little bit about the news item I'm about to bring up. Okay, so released today, yesterday. I don't know. This week leaked two weeks ago. Whatever the new nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Obviously, new is a, yeah. an interesting word <laughs> to put on that. I, I have heard some technical sort of stuff saying actually there is quite a lot of it that is new. Okay. Like, versus it's not like a nine nine one dot three. Sure, they've done a yeah. lot to okay. change it from the previous one. I know they've like left space to have a hybrid in it, which interesting. At some point in time down the line, I think will probably be a good. I'd rather personally, I'd rather a hybrid powertrain than a turbo powertrain in a GT let's say like a GT3 yeah if you're going to have to have it it's got to have more of that game it's got to be faster yeah. but hybrid is heavy I see where you're coming from yeah hybrid is heavy mm, true mm. and they've they've uh, there's a feature they've announced which I don't really know how I feel about it it's good <laughs> for Joe like most most drivers yeah is they have these sensors now I think they're like acoustic sensors so I don't know quite how they work in the front arches that pick up when it's wet okay so they can immediately tell when you're driving it's starting to get damp yeah and the traction control adjusts now I don't know how you feel about that well I mean as long as you can turn it off (laughs) then I don't think we have a problem I mean it's it's a clever idea in the end of the day it's a safety feature isn't it and, and these are all it wouldn't be the biggest bone I have to pick with cars it depends how it works I suppose yeah. and, and how invasive it I is. think because I, I quite enjoy how for example my GT3 mm-hmm. the if you're like part way off there's like th- two buttons like half off all the yeah. way off and you'd have to hold them down okay <laughs> but the the part way off in the wet is actually kind of nicely lenient like yeah. in the dry it's it. not lenient at all like really mm. so it's a bit in the wet it's almost where I prefer it to be sure whereas I know the newer systems have gotten much better uh, in terms of like you feeling like you're in control 
mm-hmm. up to it and it allows a bit of slip now when people then turn it off they realise how really yeah that traction light yeah. doesn't always fire when the traction control no. is firing <laughs> and the number of cars like brand new cars that seem to get smashed up like that Senna did you see that that was, no. that was a while ago oh uh, it was on orange the, one was it or? I can't remember it was, I think it was in the States and it was um, it was on a, a small private like single track straight road and he's like off into the wall on the side oh, no. like, he obviously just turned everything off and then like lit it yeah. up and it's gone wrong uh, yeah, oh I don't and he's had it for like two days yeah of course <laughs> there's always that isn't it such a bummer but that, yeah. that fits into that whole like you were saying about yeah, you've got the Mustang don't do don't that do thing. it don't be that guy don't be that guy yeah but there's also I'd say nowadays there aren't there's not that many places you can go and be a bit of a hooligan with space and like in a relatively safe environment like, there's not even you go to a track day they don't let you no. mess around so a couple of weekends ago a bunch of us including Joe Achilles we went to do a track day at Rockingham mm. Rockingham Circuit's closing down like very soon if not it's already closed yeah. um, so they shouldn't really care it was really greasy and you know cars were struggling to, you know some people yes maybe some people in our party uh, were abusing that but it was almost impossible to keep the car in a straight line like I was trying to drive neatly and yeah. the back end was coming out and they were waving black flags at people <laughs> pulling us in for chats like any sort of oversteer will not be tolerated it's like have you driven around the circuit yeah um, but yeah like you say there's, there's nowhere to uh to do it legally almost um, I know you can go to drift days have you ever mm, been to a drift day I've not no it's, it's something that's kind of on my list of things to do I I don't know I think in my head they have a really sort of like a bit of a bad image yeah they, nothing against there's like a certain image of a car yeah. that you would see at a drift day yeah whereas like it's not went, it's not a blue F40 it's not a blue <laughs> F40 but that's the perfect car to take to a drift day if there's yeah. space yeah. and like some cones or whatever yeah. to like really see what it's all about yeah. rather than down a country lane yeah. and you go over a bump and the whole car decides to yeah. pick itself up move <laughs> itself four feet to the left and then set itself back down again like that's it's like the that, cloud guy in Mario Kart <laughs> yeah, yeah. causes a few clenches yeah well yeah. after our side where Sid where he goes to legally do his drifting I'm sure he's got a big book of places yeah, he must have an extensive <laughs> book of places where you can legally safely yeah. uh, he's got a very big private road network it's got roundabouts on it and everything <laughs> yeah. with, with spotters in other cars <laughs> if anyone has not checked out some of Sideways Sid's videos his, his name mm. it's not a fake name no there's no fake news in that title no <laughs> he's he's, uh, he's a madman I love him so yeah well so then there's there's a new 911 it's, yep. it's pretty much more of the same yep uh, it's better usual. it's 400 and the, the Carrera S is 450 horsepower basically okay. I think 380 foot pounds of torque which it's 5 seconds a lap faster now I don't know where our uh, Nürburgring so I mean that yeah. doesn't that doesn't really yeah it's very driver dependent that sort of thing yeah but uh, faster than the old car it's about one second around the normal circuit yeah that's decent it's, de- you know, I mean, it's an it's upgrade decent. If, if you were I mean who goes I don't know who yeah. goes to the track in a any car really 
Unless it's like yeah. to set like a outright track Records. record for yeah. like nine elevens or whatever. Like it's not yeah. happening. You come across far too many slow people in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But alongside this, they've released a nine eleven GT two RS Club Sport. Okay. Have you seen the picture? I've not of this? seen that one. No. Like, have a Google. Have we'll a, bring it up. It's. Um, I had some pictures on my phone. I wonder if they're on my iPad. Let me have a quick look. For the people listening, essentially, it's a GT2 RS with a massive wing. That is a big wing. It's like a cup wing, I guess. Yeah. Um, That's almost level with the top canopy. Yeah. It's, it's some serious rear downforce. And then to the bonnet couple as that, well. they've got uh, massive canards. And then the bonnet just looks like evil. Yeah. Oh. And it's, it's super low. And it's just a GT2 RS turned up a lot. Yeah. I'm guessing it's very similar in reality to that 935 they made did you see okay no you see they did a like a it was released at Rensport okay uh, it's like a new 935 it's, it's basically this car with a body kit that looks now I'm, I'm sure it's not just that yeah. but like it, to make it look like it's got a long tail and whatever not road legal the uh, the interior just looks like a race car yeah with a PDK gear selector is that still Alcantara top of the dash though yeah I think there's some <laughs> some carbon yeah <laughs> and then yeah it's got a funky steering wheel um, makes it slightly I imagine a little bit more difficult if you're going sideways or you're, or you've got the bottom bit mm. all, all good I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing one at a track now whether they're making 200 they're 350 grand pricey I think that's something yeah, not not cheap no not actually a race car no um, <laughs> I'm sure if you go to your local friendly slightly dodgy car dealership they might be able to make it road legal yeah it's kind of pretty wacky isn't it it's like, bonkers love check it, it out I'd, I'd, I'd like to someone needs to start a race series for all of these race cars that aren't race cars yes Exactly. The Forza Championship. <laughs> yeah. Get some get some point scores in yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, the having like the Valkyrie yeah. Project One, all that stuff. Like I think which do you think would be the fastest out of all of those? Project one. I think. Probably. I don't know, I could be wrong. It it I mean at the moment I don't think the Valkyrie is a finished car, so it's hard yeah, to agree. I, I agree. I think it's from all we can gather at the moment like it's it's coming every time I see it the back end is different the exhaust is in a different place yeah like, so I'm like mm, this is not this is clearly far from final it's not it's not six months out no um, it's the most appealing for me in terms mm. of everything it looks absolutely bonkers like driving it must be a completely different experience and it probably will be mega fast yeah it's just that at the moment, I would put my faith in like a Mercedes package with a Formula One World Championship engine in it, and it yeah, looks like but, a business. but like a, it's not a particularly inspiring engine. No, it's not fast though. But it will be <laughs> very, very yes, yeah. Yeah, I didn't say. They'll put some nice Bose speakers on the inside. They'll <laughs> put some fake noise. Yeah, 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 exactly. How do you feel about fake noise? <laughs> Does your car have fake noise? I don't think so, no. Um, Makes a nice rumble. It does make a very nice rumble. Um, yeah, I just I don't know about the fake noise. Once you know it's fake, it's a lot worse. It's like the placebo effect. It's definitely, that's it, because the M2 has it, and if I didn't know it had it, I, yeah. I wouldn't notice it. 
Yeah. You get some really geeky people. Yeah. Like oh. Mark, who he, he obviously knows. Yeah. Uh, he'll be like, oh, this revs at this uh, steering angle, but yeah. I, you shouldn't need it. No. It's, you could almost, a bit like having a loud exhaust. Like if, it, if some of the systems, mm. n- not the sort of semi-not fake ones, that have valves that yeah. pipe it. In, yeah. It's like a pipe that goes from the engine into the cabin yeah. that's blocked off and then opened up. Yeah. I like it's not that. speakers, that's just... It's just actual engine noise. almost. It's like less soundproofing. Yeah. yeah. That, I think, is a really good idea. Sure. As much as there is nothing quite like having a car that's so obscenely loud that you need headphones, like, it gets, going flat it gets out. a little bit old. But it gets old very, very, very <laughs> yeah. fast. Uh, another new release is the AMG GTR Pro. Yes. It's a superb Photoshop of Tim standing next to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't me. <laughs> I don't know why Tim didn't call me and said, do you think we can do this? But uh, yeah, very amusing. Other it's, people loved it. So, so that, that car is essentially, it's going to be, I don't, have, they, have they actually released the specs? I've, I've I haven't dug it out yet. I don't no, think so. Not, not as far as I'm aware. It's going to be a bit, bit more powerful, yeah. a bit lighter, and a bit pricier. And a bit pricier. <laughs> um, it might have some guards on the front to stop stones going into the radiators. That would be a really clever idea. I wonder where they, where they cook that one up. <laughs> um, for the people listening, quite a few people who have AMG mm. GTRs, and I, I'm guessing it's probably on all AMG GTs, maybe. Um, I think it's very slightly different how the grill is. How the grill works. Yeah, um, I'm not sure, but I would imagine if it's similar. Then. The GTRs basically don't have a, any sort of cover over the radiator. Yeah. So anything just goes straight into and the radiator. Almost on the floor already, so it's only like three inches from up. a stone. Yeah. Um, but I think that's going to be an interesting car. Like, yeah. I've always had a sort of... Like that or the 911. Like, okay. It's like a similarly priced car finally there's something that's similarly priced like a mm. GT Porsche versus yep. an AMG GTR whereas up until that point though it was always competing with cars that were like 200 grand like you know the Ferraris or whatever yeah um, it's nice that someone else has made something that's cheaper it's, it's, not- it's an unbelievably good car the GTR like I kind of didn't want to like it yeah when the SLS first came out I didn't like that but now I think it's a stunning looking car it's a very cool car yeah have you driven one I've not unfortunately I'd love um, to probably pass. average yeah pass. yeah <laughs> I, I, I would expect it to be not brilliant but I think it's it's sort of over time it's getting that thing now where it's older and you don't mm. expect it to be yeah a crazy performance car yeah. and therefore it's become it sort of becomes a bit more acceptable for it not to be sounds very good it's got the doors looks great whereas the GTR is almost the opposite it's I look at it and I kind of think like oh it's a Mercedes muscle car and then I get in and it's like this is a goddamn race car for the road like it's it really surprises me how well that car drives yeah um, it blows me away they when they came out I, I was like nah mm. yeah yeah obviously yeah. I'd, I'd rather have a GT3 or whatever and then fast forward a year after that sort of time and turns out the GTR is actually a really good car yeah you can't buddy buy a GT3 anyway <laughs> like Mercedes will sell you a GTR and then you're like well I could have had a GTR it wouldn't have cost me any money not that you know that when you buy it but 
wouldn't have cost you any money and it's a bit interesting a bit different yeah and quite fun very and nice on the inside muscle car engine in the front nothing in the back yeah. lots of power it's lovely very tunable <laughs> yes though I hate the electronics in it the automatic cruise control and the I don't know what it's called where it breaks the car for you if it thinks you're going to have an accident oh Oh, it drives you turn that me off? mad. No. Yeah, you can't turn the uh, autom- automatic cruise control off. And the, the even the minimum distance, I feel, is like... Too, too far. It's, it's way too far, yeah. And yeah, the braking one. I'm sure there is a way to, to turn that off, but you have to be in like full race mode. Yeah. You know, traction control off, all of that. a lot of cars... I know BMW had a big thing, and it would freak me out... It, let's say a car like that with that sort of functionality the BMWs had a, this problem you'd be on a track day and there would be a merge line yeah that would come out and the car thinks you're changing yes. lanes yeah and would adjust accordingly mm. or slam on the brake like just do stuff that you really don't want to do at uh, 100 miles an hour yeah yeah it is it is scary um, especially for cars that are like tooled slightly towards the track you know the GTR all the promotional stuff is look it's been around the Nürburgring like yeah but if you take it on there you're gonna have big problems <laughs> yeah that's one thing I do like about my new Mustang is you can completely customise all of that like rev match you can turn it on or off do you want automatic cruise control or manual cruise control change all the light colours like any of the safety settings you can disable and that's or great enable. I, and, I, and I think I think a lot of car manufacturers sort of miss out on that side of it now like if you if you can turn traction control all the way off and it's like bong bong are you sure you want to do it turn it <laughs> off whatever like yeah. you should allow them to turn off the other stuff so yeah. for example if you've got a I don't know uh, like you've got rev matching and mm-hmm. you can enable it or disable it yeah. in the menus like it's not like it, you need another button for these things no you just go into the menus yeah, in the and menu. you set it up how you want like do I want the car to auto brake no fine yeah like done. it's off but like I've told you it's okay yeah it is bizarre um, it's going to be really interesting looking back and seeing how things change because you know autonomous driving and everything is going to make an enormous change and I I can picture a world where humans are banned from driving yeah you know, maybe not the why next would you 20 let years drive? But, yeah. really bad at it yeah <laughs> yeah you know put yourself in the future and look back and think like why would we let these apes yeah. you know have two ton missiles yeah. meat eating car yeah. driving <laughs> idiots idiots yeah it's nuts so when I've had people in mm-hmm. I have a few questions that I've asked everyone okay so I haven't so- done my research either so uh, I'm, well, I'm going in blind yeah well it, that's that's the best outcome because okay. we, we might get some different results to everyone some results have been similar some have been very different so uh, first first question What's been your most memorable driving trip or journey, or like could be a stint of road in a certain car at a certain time, mm-hmm. or something like? What's your top most memorable car driving moment? And I would say on the road. On the road, okay. Hmm. The first gumball, I think, is is going to be uh, up there. Um, which was which was that one? Which was the Dublin. Uh, up to Scotland down through London yeah. finishing Bucharest what were you um, in in that one we were in uh, Abt RS6 ah oh, yes that one um, yes. so probably not any of the, the driving specifically there were a couple of moments as, as we went through Eastern Europe but being on the road and having all these people like shouting and cheering as you drive past and just the whole gumball atmosphere is something 
really unique and I think hard to replicate. Yeah, you guys look like you are having a lot of fun. It was I was great fun. definitely jealous of the fact that you had four people. Was yeah, it four? Yeah, yeah. yeah, four people in one car, mm. which allowed you sleeping. to actually sleep. <laughs> Whereas two people in the car, there was no, no sleeping. So the, yeah, that would definitely be up there. Oh, it's really tricky to pick pick at the moment I think the first Fuel Faction Fuel Faction Aina was Tim's first sort of solo organised road trip driving the Cayman GT4 mm. that is just a perfect car for all like countryside roads around Europe it's just oh heavenly mm. really like fell in love with that car driving those roads um, and just some of the mad stuff you see around like driving through Bosnia and places like this so yeah that that would it's funny so I've had one person on here Mr. Joe Achilles yeah and his uh, his same answer his, yeah. that was the, that was his his yeah, answer that he doesn't like, surprise me he was like with Ben <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we definitely had a lot of fun that trip <laughs> uh, okay five car garage oh uh, it is un- unlimited value, but to suit all... The only caveat mm-hmm. is it has to sort of slot into, like, where you live at the moment or, like, your current-ish lifestyle. So you've got to do the things you do now with these cars. Okay. Five cars. Well, I feel like an easy three would be classic Mustang, modern Mustang, <laughs> F40. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's the, like, immediate three off the top of the head. Um, and then it would be an F1 car, for sure. Sick, yeah. Um, every time I look at Greg B's Instagram, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I want his life. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, whichever team wants to sign me up, I'm, you know, waiting yeah. for offers. So would you would you race that? I don't think so. Like, <laughs> at the end of the day, like, I think you've got to be mega talented to, to race a Formula One car and do it for a long long time yeah. um, but even just to drive it drive it yeah yeah. I mean t- imagine turning up at a track day with an F1 car <laughs> <laughs> just to do it for fun like not even take it out would be amazing but yeah, yeah. those Ferrari racing days where you see the guys that turn up in their F1 cars or go to some of the classic meets where people are in the slightly older ones like what can you say? Yeah, it's, it's just, just the top it's just the top yeah. it is the apex yeah. and um, and I did go to do the uh, Renault F1 thing, which a few other people have done. I know James has done it. Yeah. But I was too tall. Uh, <laughs> was pro- probably one of the most heartbreaking moments of my life when you, you've done all the like pre-training stuff and they send you out in the like, Formula Renaults and all that and then you come to do the seat fitting. It's like, mm, sorry, mate, can't fit. That is gutsy. So yeah. how tall are you? 6'2". Right. Um, and and what was the what it was comes the down to it's, it's going to be hard to visualise for listeners but if you imagine yourself sat in an F1 car your feet are above the level of where your bottom is yeah and then your legs uh, from your from just in front of your knees are almost encased in a tube uh, and where the cockpit ends where your knees are you have to be able to pull your knees past the cockpit while still belted in and that's so that if you send it straight into the wall and get knocked out or you know yeah. might have a spine injury or whatever they can hoist you out still attached to the seat so there's ah, no risk okay. of like injuring your spine or whatever but I just couldn't there was no physical way I could move my knees past this bulkhead okay yeah um, so you could slot them in I could slot them in yeah but without like yeah. unbelting and like hoisting myself and that sort of stuff 
Like, I couldn't get them out unassisted. That is like, I'll, I'll lose one, you know, yeah. I only need the right. <laughs> uh, but they weren't having any of it. Yeah, I remember hearing about that and being like, oh, you went all that way. Yeah. You were so close. Yeah. It didn't fit. What a shame. Um, so I've only given you four of my five, but... So, okay, so we've got the... New Mustang, New Mustang old, old Mustang, Mustang, F40, F40, F1, F1 car. What's your daily car in this? That would be the new Mustang. The that new would Mustang, be, that would be my obviously. Daily. Okay. So you've got one more slot. I've got a classic. I've got a race car. Would you have like a, a some sort of like modern sports car or something? Is that interested you? Or it does. I just don't know what I would pick. Yeah. You know, like the McLarens performance wise are just mind blowing, but there's just not quite enough character there for me. Ferrari would break. I don't want a Lamborghini. I don't want to wait five years for a Pagani. (laughs) Uh, What do I choose? Uh, I'll take a lucky dip. No Porsches. Yeah, I'll take a Porsche. There we go. (laughs) Even though I don't find Porsches that interesting, they're phenomenal to drive. And I can't deny that. So, yeah. So, like a... New GT2. I'll take that new GT2. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Make it road legal. That'll be me. GT2 RS Club <laughs> yeah. Sport. Yeah. Okay, cool. Give one. Okay, next question. If you could drive one car for the rest of your life, ooh, uh, and you're allowed like a 500 pound shitbox to cart stuff, like house stuff around okay. if you need. Yeah. So it could technically have two seats. It's just got to sort of fulfill all the, all all the, the needs. Stuff. Ford Transit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Time a race car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, that is tricky. Um, I mean, you'd be you wouldn't go too far wrong with with a BMW M car of some description, would you? In terms of performance and ability and that sort of stuff, RS6 would be another really safe bet. Yeah, I think just practical cars like that don't appeal to me it, no like I can appreciate how good they are but it's I don't think I'll ever feel like oh I really want an RS6 even though I that's the thing love I, the car I love the RS6 but I kind of to myself go right if you well if you're getting an estate car like I don't necessarily see the point in getting the RS6 mm. be like just have a fun car and then have a Ford Transit <laughs> a Ford Transit or whatever like to yeah. carry the kids in I don't know Yeah, but yeah like they, they do seem to tick a lot of boxes and then that's that's a tricky one my choice would probably be something like a Singer 911 okay slightly impractical so, yeah but you can fit people in the back yeah it's got back seats yeah it's got a reasonable <laughs> amount of luggage space that like yeah, I could get by that's, like, that's fair I could get by it yeah Ferrari <laughs> FF there we go that's my answer not GTC for yeah, I've not driven it yet so I can't pass my judgment yeah. and I might end up with like one of those V8 um, <laughs> the yeah. turbo thing V8 turbo yeah. things yeah uh, uh, tick a lot of boxes hmm. sound very good yeah got enough character things falling off yeah it'll break yeah so it'll be interesting <laughs> at least yeah yeah I'll, I'll stick with that okay next question most sort of undervalued car at the moment or the best value car for sale at the moment hmm underappreciated undervalued your Mustang maybe well it's not it's definitely not 
undervalued. I think it's it's they've crept up quite a bit in the yeah. since they first sort of. I mean, you I mean, get you get a big engine, but then you don't get a lot on the inside. The rest, yeah. Um, so it depends where your priorities are. <sighs> undervalued car, maybe something like um, the uh, Toyota BRZ. Is it mm. those sort of things? Those are really good to drive and a little bit sleeperish. I don't know. That's a tough, tough question. Track toys. I don't. I don't think people realise how goddamn quick track toys are. Uh, that is a very. That's someone uh, we've never had that brought up, but that is a. I think that's a serious point. I think that fits the that answer more like than proper track toys. Yeah, just destroy. Yeah, you could can forget Road all cars. your supercars, all your hypercars. Like you know, put a track toy next to that and watch the lap times. <laughs> Like if you you know if you're planning to buy a Senna and take it to the track and be like I'm going to be the king, just save your money. Yeah, yeah. you're going to get embarrassed. Yeah, but a guy's got a fleet of radicals. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, I've got a two seater one, so I can take you out in this yeah. one and show you this one. We've splashed out and it's got the 450 horsepower V8, <laughs> yeah. and it will destroy you. Yeah, yeah, yeah track toys. Any particular one? Have you driven? Have you driven? Many varieties. Um, yeah, a couple. I've driven a couple of different atoms. Um, what are they like? I've never driven an atom. Great fun, amazing fun. Um, Joe and I drove one round Bruntingthorpe, just absolutely flat out hooning it and drifting it around mm. corners. Like it's it's a bit like a go kart, so you've got like ultimate car control yeah. in it and, and brilliant feel, um, and it feels kind of single seater F one style as yeah. well. It's got that to it. Yeah, definitely recommend the Atom. Drove the Elemental RP1 a couple of times, uh, which again was really impressive. Um, the KTM Crossbow. So yeah, I've driven, driven a couple. Quite a few of them. Yeah. Have you driven a Radical? I don't know if I have, have driven a Radical. I've definitely been a passenger in one around Donington. But no, I don't think I've ever driven one. Yeah, but you've been in one. Do you know what it was? It's obviously a two-seater. Was it a... Did it have a lot of wings and I uh, It stuff? was fairly big. I would guess it was maybe an SR7. Yeah, so they go like... The one's the baby one. This is like really yeah. small. Three is the bigger body style. Still like open top. Yeah. Small looking, but with like a lot of down. And then the um, the eight is the same... Basically the same car, but mm. with a the V8 in it. Okay. It shoots flames and stuff okay. all the time. It might have um, been that. And then there's the much bigger road... The ones that look like the road cars. No, it was definitely. Um, it must have been an eight. But yeah, like eight. all of. I mean, all of the three in the eight are like lots of downforce. Yeah, they're all bonkers. Yeah. Just bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, brilliant things to drive. Right, last question. Okay. What is the, in your opinion, the most interesting car on sale right now? Hmm. Most interesting car on sale. It's another tough question. I don't know. It's. I get to learn a lot of interesting things about different cars. Um, so good and bad. Good and bad, definitely good and bad. Yeah, there's always a lot of variety. I mean, I think it's it's hard to beat the Senna for interesting in terms of a car. Um, I think design-wise, it's really interesting the philosophy and the story. And then I think everyone's just fascinated to see how it performs. Hmm. Um, so I think that's a really interesting car. God, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. 
What can we have a peek at some of the other answers for inspiration? I, I don't have, have them written. Oh, okay, um, any that spring to mind? Uh, I think things that people have talked about, like like manual GG3. No, I mean, that, that's, people just like everyone else likes the Porsche I've heard that story before you know I've seen that movie Manual <laughs> GT3 last one once bitten twice shy is all I'm going to say <laughs> but yeah I think that, that point about you hear stuff about uh, I, I hear far too much behind the scenes about let's say manufacturers not necessarily cars but manufacturers yes, true that good and bad mm-hmm most of the stuff I hear is possibly not good and that's why you hear it yes um, that's very true but it has put me off so many manufacturers in general like just hearing little things that happen whether it's production or the way they treat people or whatever like loads of different mm-hmm. stuff and it's I don't think I, I think some people think they can get away with it yeah there's lots of things that you come across and go why, why are you doing this no. this is long term not going to be good for your brand yeah now that's like suitably vague <laughs> <laughs> yeah no lawsuits in the mail <laughs> but like, I, I think generally most manufacturers you would have thought let's say you're buying a supercar or a, a, a car any car really nowadays but like let's say above a hundred thousand pounds or something yeah you'd expect it to turn up and be perfect yeah and they're not no um, no, they're not. I mean, it's it's a bit of a two-sided coin because on one hand, you could say, I would rather they tell me if there's a problem. You know, if, if they they're encounter a problem, I would want to know about yeah. it. Rather than they don't tell you about it, they fix the problem, however good yeah. the fix is. And then they're just like, here's your car, it's perfect, enjoy. Yeah. And then six months later, you you know you're really closely looking inside the bonnet lid, and you notice the paint colours different. Yeah, so hang on a minute. Then it's it's I I remember someone telling me they were like, if you're going to get a new car or any car really, you should take take someone along to, who like a detailer or yeah. something. Because I mean, one a reason not to do that <laughs> is they in your mind will ruin every single car. Like they 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 will find problems with every single yeah. car. But if it's a brand new car and it's it's expensive, so there is some serious expectation for it to be very good. And actually, any new car nowadays, you should expect to be up to a certain level. Like there shouldn't be massive scratches in it. Like the paint, yeah. you don't want to see massive overspray over or whatever. But the number of stuff that like you're talking to a PPF company, you just hear all this stuff filtering out of like, oh, this is rubbish. This is rubbish. This needs to be done. I remember going with Tim to pick up one of his cars a few years ago, and I'll avoid saying what car it was, but this manufacturer had other cars on the forecourt. Brand new cars of the latest model they brought out. They looked like they'd been washed with a Brillo pad. Oh, yeah. Just big circles all over the paintwork. And, you know, I'm not knowledgeable about detailing or any of that, but even I was like, oh, my Lord. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and I get it that, like, cars sort of be washed or whatever but if you thought if you you know brand new paint with a a light detail is which is basically I would say what most cars should get mm. you shouldn't see some of the stuff you see no. <laughs> rub some gravel into it yeah anyway well it's been good having yeah. you here thank you very much for having me greatly enjoyed uh, it and I will see you very soon
Hope so. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 